0: The toughest road game for Penn State is not out in Columbus against the Buckeyes, actually. It's going to be Illinois.
1: You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Yes, you are locked on, Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every single day. I'm Zach Saco. I'm your host of the show. And it's a privilege to welcome back Chris Hess onto the show, Penn State graduate now producing with wfan up in new york sports talk radio in the state of new york one of the one of the best around and one of the best to do it and to come back on the podcast and chris i mean the the expectations are lofty for this team but as much as we keep praising penn state we go to media day we go to practices and we say okay you know drew allers really good and the running backs and and the offensive line and there's a few things they need to tweak but you have to be able to win your games. That's the most important part. You can be one of the best teams uh, in the league and be a total disappointment because you don't win. And that's something that Manny Diaz said, okay? They were number one in defense in his time, previous, uh, previous school, NC State. They were middle of the road in terms of a record, but they had the number one defense. Did it matter? No, it didn't. So I, I look at the schedule, Chris, and I say, Illinois, the toughest road game that they have? I think so, because Ohio State and Michigan, Penn State's going to have a chance to work on these changes throughout the season to get to that point. Ohio State's later in the season. Michigan is, like, that's the top of the mountain, right? But Illinois, that kind of challenge in the beginning of the season, on the road, you get to play West Virginia, you get to play Delaware. West Virginia is a good game to start. That's a winnable game, it's a tough game, and a similar style you got West Virginia who's got going to be a run first identity. They actually have a top 10 offensive line. So this is a good setup for Illinois, but on the road, I think that's a big test for Drew Aller to see how far that he's come, how much progress he's made as a true sophomore. So yeah, Ohio state's the better team. Yeah. Michigan's the better team, but hardest game, toughest road game anyway, is Illinois.
1: I have a hard time disagreeing with that. We know that the Horseshoe is very hostile. It's very rambunctious. We, we all know this. That is nothing new. It's been that way since the dawn of time, essentially. But yeah. that Illinois game, it, it's really an intriguing matchup because, yeah. yeah, you're going to face a run-heavy team in West Virginia in week one. That's going to be a good test immediately. It helps. It's going to be really helpful. And Delaware, traditional FCS power, they got some athletes. They get the athletes that slip through the cracks and fly under the radar. That's a very competitive team in the FCS. It, it shouldn't be a problem. But Illinois is intriguing because it's like they're like Michigan Junior, that they are run first, we're going to run it down your throat, old school style. They have one of the best offensive lines, maybe even in the country, their defensive line and their defense might be top 10 unit in the country as well. Yeah. This might come down to that game against Illinois might come down to who scores more than 21 points. And I think the Penn state has the edge because they have better athletes in that department, but I'm going to preface it with this right now. Penn state and Illinois have played some weird wacky games over the years. Have they? Have uh, they? maybe they said, they,
0: they said some overtime record. Can't remember. Some
1: overtime <laughs> record where the over didn't even hit, but that's beside the point. But That's one of those weird opponents that for whatever reason they match up well with Penn state. Do I think Penn state's going to win that game? Yes, I do. But is it going to be uncomfortable? Yes, I do. It's going to be, you're going to be feeling uncomfortable for about a half and then maybe part of the third quarter before Penn state's athletes take over, but it is going to be hold your breath. Just hope you're going into the locker room leading
0: and then go from there. Well, and it's part of its coaching too. Brett Bielema just knows Big Ten football, okay? The reason Illinois comes into Beaver Stadium in 2021, it takes nine overtimes. But the fact that they were able to just keep sticking around, sticking around, and sticking around is because Brett Bielema, that was an awful Illinois team, and somehow they came in and beat a Penn State team that they knew they were down, right? Coming off of the Iowa game, this is the game you get up for. Now, this time around, you do. You get to return the favor, and I think Penn State likes that. They should have won that Iowa game in 2021 had 100%. it not been for Sean Clifford getting hurt, besides the point. But Penn State really likes sticking it to the team that ruined their chances uh, like a previous time, right? Let's think of the Minnesota game not too long ago when they went out there and they didn't win. That was 2019 that shattered any playoff hopes. The Iowa game, Penn state gets the chance to return the favor this season. I think Illinois kind of falls into that category here. Now again, this isn't about, I don't think they can't do it right. I am fully confident that Penn state wins by at least a touchdown, maybe two, because this team is better suited for an an Illinois team, but to say it's not the toughest road test for them, uh, even Ohio state, Maryland, I think would be in that conversation as well, but just we're Illinois position. If, if Illinois was later in the schedule, it becomes a different story. If that wasn't Drew Aller's first road game as a starter, then it makes it a little different. Brett Bielema is a good coach. They do match up well, but I, I think you put it best Michigan jr. I, I think Maryland is going to be better as well. I, I would put them right underneath there, and it's not to discredit Ohio State; they're the obvious choice. Well, the Buckeyes—they're going to be a top. That's going to be a top five game. I, I don't care. The the way that Illinois is able to be a thorn in the side of Penn State strategically, like Michigan, you have to be able to overcome that. I still think, from a talent standpoint, Ohio State would probably be the second most difficult game but illinois is easily third just because of what they're capable of doing and some of the circumstances leading into that game but penn state is built to take on teams like ohio state they are trying to build themselves up to take on teams like illinois and michigan but they're not i let's see how close they are right Do they have enough to finally be this multifaceted team? Because when you saw the game against Ohio State last year, aside from some superstar plays, some superhero plays made late in the fourth quarter by Ohio State's defense, Penn State's right with them all the way through.
1: They're neck and neck. Ohio State and Penn State, I think, uh, Michigan's the alpha in the Big Ten right now. And that's a given. I don't think there's there anybody that's going to disagree with that if you're a level-headed and rational college football fan. You see Just the Big be honest, Ten East. right? Yeah. Just be honest. You see the Big Ten East, it's like, yeah, it was Ohio State. now it's Michigan's. The roles have reversed a little bit, and Penn State is still just in that inkling right below that they can nip either one of them, but they have not been able to beat both since 2008. So this is, I'm not saying this is the year they're, they're going to do it, but this is their best opportunity to do it in quite some time.
0: Yeah, this is the year everyone's saying, well, wait till 2025. No, this is the year between all the players that you have and Drew Aller having the, the safety. He will get, he will be better next season. Nicholas Singleton and Cape Tron Allen will be better next season. But the between the group, the supporting cast that you have, the offensive line that you have this season, the defense, and the schedule, I think, is a lot more favorable, and now Washington and Oregon are going to shake things up a little bit. I'm not here to debate that, but the schedule for 2024, even still before the new changes that are coming in 2025, is a lot more favorable, just the fact of the matter. USC, UCLA make it that much tougher. USC in particular, because that's that's who they play. They're going to play that game first to open up the Big Ten next year. Uh, that's, that's That's quite obvious, but Looking at this season, Illinois is the third toughest game overall. Second, it's the toughest road game, honestly, just because I, I think that. Ohio State and Penn State, they're mirror images of the way these two teams are built. And I, frankly, I think Ohio State's just taken a step back. You don't know who the quarterback is. Now, technically, you don't know who Penn State's quarterback is, right? We we know about the quarterback battle, but we don't know who's going to be the winner, even though there is a guy that played in multiple games last year and one that took the red shirt and did not see the field at all. Aller's going to be the starter, but it, it seems pretty close between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. And it sounds like Devin Brown is gaining some ground and being the starter. I don't think Ohio State's defense is as good. I don't think it's all that cracked up to be. This is There is a window for Penn State to go into Columbus and win that game. For, for Illinois, it's just it's too early in the season. And they got a good quarterback, too, And Luke Altmyer transferring in. I, actually, I like him a bit. It's not going to just be ground and pound, ground and pound, ground and pound. Illinois can work the play action off of that. I would just like to see
1: their receivers match up against Penn State's secondary. Cause I think yeah. we know who's going to win that battle. Yep. Maybe 9.8 times out of 10. I would feel comfortable that if they shut down, the, all they got to do, it's easier said than done. All Penn state really needs to do mitigate the run. They're going to get some yards. That's a given. That's their MO. That's their bread and butter. That's what yep. they do. Illinois always been a ground and pound program. If you mitigate the run just a little bit, I'm talking like this much, and force them to throw a little bit into obvious passing downs and maybe third and long, like third and maybe seven plus, and force them to throw, I have no doubt in my mind that that secondary could lock down those receivers and make Altmyer's life a living
0: hell. Is Locked On Nittany Lions, your go-to podcast for the Penn State Nittany Lions and happyvalleyinsider.com. We're going to talk more about the biggest challenges that Penn State's going to face. This is ultimately a schedule preview, understanding the challenges that Penn State is going up against, which ones are going to be the hardest for them and which ones they'll be able to shatter. Before we get to that, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, Every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free It's easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn jobs. Then add your job and the purple hiring fame to your frame, to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are in fact hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Locked on Nittany Lines is your go-to podcast for happyvalleyinsider.com. Penn State rivals. Check them out for all the latest in Penn State football, basketball, and Penn State football recruiting. As Jalen Harvey has announced that he's got a new top three ultimately didn't commit. He's got a new top three. So the, the twists and turns when it comes to Penn State football recruiting are, are very interesting, and hopefully they'll be able to land some more commitments before signing day ultimately arrives. Chris, back to the schedule and just looking at it, Illinois is a tough one. Maryland's a tough one, given that they are road games. We know it. it, I'm not going to sit back and say, oh, Michigan and Ohio State. Everybody knows that. Okay. Let's talk about the things that are underlying here. Underlying challenges for this Penn State team. How do they adjust? Is it going to be defending the run? I don't think defending the pass will be a problem because I think the pass rush is going to be very good. You have a lot of guys in the back end of the secondary, not cornerback with the available guys, Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, Daquan Hardy. After that, I'd like to see a little more depth at corner. I don't think we're talking about that enough, but Penn State has a lot of things going for them. Consistency. That's a huge thing for Penn State to have Mike Yursich, Manny Diaz, Stacey Collins, all back. There's not this new learning game and adjusting to what the offensive defense and special teams coordinators like to do. You have a bulk of the coaches all returning other than defensive line coach moving on to the NFL and John Scott, like their Penn State has a lot of things set up for them. So uh, injuries are just the name of the game as far as a challenge Uh, getting Drew Aller situated. I don't think his better days of football are going to be the last four games of the season. Versus the first four, I think you're going to see a lot of run because you have Nick, Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen leading the way. That offensive line, you don't have to overly uh, rely on a Drew Aller. So getting him adjusted is a big challenge, and that's why I think Illinois is going to try to, to make it make life uh, a lot harder for Penn State.
1: Uh, that's a spot-on assessment. And I think what's also really good, too, I was kind of doing some deep thinking. I was talking to my dad about this, too. Because this is what the stuff we talk about. And it's mm-hmm. something we brought up how when looking back at the 2016 and 2017 teams, as we all know, the 2016 team won the big 10 championship, went to the Rose bowl. And then 2017 was four points away from making the playoff. But yeah. I think what I noticed now is this 2023 team is more talented than those teams. Why? Because you yeah. have one running back in Saquon Barkley at that time, everyone and their mother knew, all right, Focus on him. Okay, so then if you focus on one running back this year, the other one's going to burn you. Yeah. And now you have a quarterback in Drew Aller, who I think is going to be fantastic. Trace McSorley, I loved Trace McSorley. Don't get me wrong. He was more of a folk hero than a quarterback, in, in my view. And mm-hmm. people can criticize me all, all they want for that. I'm, I'm going to die on that hill. He was fantastic, but he was more of a folk hero. And the bugaboo for those teams the lines of scrimmage. That's where they got burnt. 2016 did not have a very good offensive line at all. And 2017 did not have a really good offensive line at all. That was the great equalizer in 2023. Really good offensive line. You're going to have a loaded defensive line. And that one remaining question, and it's on the screen here, biggest challenge, are they going to be able to stop the run? Do I think they can? Yes, I don't see yeah. I don't foresee Michigan gashing them again like they did. That was not, I don't know, that was just plain outschemed. That was it. That was just out schemed to the nth degree. It was Michigan's day. Yeah. And if they played Michigan again that year, I don't think it ends 41 to 17. That and what's so crazy too is Penn State barely had the ball in that game. I think their yeah. total time of possession was 17 or 18 minutes and they still put up 17 points. Like, okay, you barely had the ball, but when you did have the ball, you actually did well with it. So stop the run a little bit, and maybe because those guys beefed up on the defensive line, they'll plug those gaps against the two-time Joe Moore Award winning offensive line, and for good reason, they've won the Joe Moore Moore Award at Michigan.
0: I think part of it is going to be, you talked about scheme. Michigan them, scheme them. So let's bring coaching into this. You you mentioned the 2016 and 2017 teams. It's about closing out games, okay? I think James Franklin's a top 10 coach. I know that Manny Diaz is a top five defensive coordinator. Mike Yurse is just starting get in, to get into the conversation of being one of the best offensive coordinators, and he's going to entertain some head coaching offers, especially with this season. Penn State's going to have one of the better offenses in the entire country, but you go back to 2016 and It's the pick game down the stretch. It's the USC game where they were leading and ultimately uh, USC just gashed them offensively. uh, USC's offense, gashing them Penn State on defense. And then in 2017, not being able to close out Ohio State, not being able to close out Michigan State. And I would argue that 2017 was better than 2016's team, even though 2016 has more of the glory. Minnesota in 2019 there's a common theme it's just being able to really finish off those road games when they're close and it's still Ohio State they should have beat them in 2018 they should have beat them in 2017 Uh, they should have beat them last year frankly if it wasn't for some heroics by a defensive end for Ohio State I think Penn State can easily win that game Michigan a different story beat up chewed up battered it it didn't matter that was the wolverines day so coaching is is there's a lot of good coaching in the big 10 jim harbaugh is a good coach ryan day is is a good coach brett bielema not mel tucker (laughs) (laughs) mike mike loxley is getting better he adds josh gaddis to the staff i think that's an a-plus home run type of hire and it makes them a little more respectable but I really, I I look at this and when you get, you're going to get into close battles with Illinois, Ohio state, Michigan, and frankly, Maryland, I think Maryland's going to give Penn state a a, a shootout type of game where they're going to go back and forth. And can Penn state overcome those coaching obstacles that they've had in the past of closing out games? That's another challenge.
1: That is indeed another challenge about overcoming the coaching problems, but I would actually, I wouldn't call them problems. I was just maybe shortcomings, but I want to yeah. go back to what you had said about Maryland being tough. And yes, they're going to be a very strong offensive team. Talia Tungavailoa is back for seemingly his yep. eighth year at Maryland. He's only yep. been there since 2020. But this is a guy that has gotten better as each year has gone on. But both lines of scrimmage are so god awful on that team. And I'm not again I'm not afraid to say this. I'm not saying this because I'm a Penn State guy. No. Watching Maryland, they have just straight up neglected their offensive and defensive lines. And if there, if it was any, if last year was any indication of how Maryland's lines of scrimmage are going to be going forward, and this is something that Dave Rebson, when they're the BTN crew, is in Maryland, yep. they said the exact same thing. It was Rebson and Howard Griffith saying. Okay, both lines of scrimmage need to take some serious steps. They have talent at the skill positions and the defensive backfield, yep. but their offensive line and then you have the defensive line and some of the linebackers are brutal, absolutely brutal. And if you play any defensive team with a pulse and you're Maryland, you're going to get run out of the stadium. That offensive line is not going to be able to hold up if, they, if any opponent gets any sort of decent pass rush. And if you have Tunga Bailoa, who is not a dual threat by any means, if you have to flush him out, that's when he makes mistakes. And at that point, it's over.
0: He can run when he needs to, but I get what you're saying. By a true dual threat, he's no Lamar Jackson, for, for sure. example. I someone that's a John, – the Johnny Manziel documentary it just came out. He can't, he can't just run around and make plays happen. It's got to be really by design and on a third – like, Drew Aller can move, okay? If it's a third, I, I foresee third third down and five, the defense dropping back, expecting a pass, and then he just runs right up the middle on a QB draw and dives forward for a first down. I, I can totally see that happen. You have to be able to move in the game of football today. You can't be a statue anymore, a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning. Those days are over. You have to be able to move around and have a little bit of straight line speed. And almost nearly every single quarterback has that. The ones that are good anyway, they all have it. They can beat you in a foot race, uh, even though they might not have track star speed. They can tuck in and run when they need to. So all of that being said, these are some of the obvious challenges, and there's going to be some tough road game matchups for Penn State. How likely is 12-0? and 0? Chris, in this final segment, 12-0 and 0 is the question. Everyone seems to be, the consensus is 10-2. The people who believe in this Penn State team 11 and one. And then the homers all say 12 and Oh, this is, this is a 12 and Oh team. So if you had to put a percentage on Penn state going undefeated, making it to the big 10 championship and then the college football playoff, I mean, undefeated 12 and Oh is 12 and Oh and, and winning the big 10 championship. I it's doable. It's doable. You need some things to break in your favor. I mean, this Michigan team is probably the, I would say the biggest obstacle. Okay. You're going to get to that point because I predict them to beat Ohio state in Columbus. I think they do it. I think they beat Illinois. I don't care if it's a one point win or a 100 point win a wins, a win against Illinois, go in, get out of there with a dub Ohio state. I think you should flex your muscle a little bit and, and, and flat and show out, but Ohio state's not just going to let you do that. Come into the, come into the horseshoe, but, uh, and then get it. Michigan's just so late in the season like that, that, one of your final games, and so 12 and 0, you need everyone to stay healthy. Of course, Drew Aller has to progress the way he does. Is it more than half the time? Absolutely not. It's not, but I, I would say about there's a 20% chance here that they can go 12 and 0, maybe 30.
1: I'm gonna go less
0: than that, I'm gonna say around
1: 10 to 15. I'm okay. just very, very worried about Michigan specifically, Mm -hmm. because Jim Harbaugh and Sharon Moore, they just eat, sleep, breathe, and live football. And I'm not going to say I'm terrified, but Mm -hmm. I'm very, very worried that both teams could be undefeated, very well could be undefeated going to that game. Both teams could have, both have one loss nobody's going to know it's still way too early to predict that but if they do that north south football that michigan has done since fritz Chrysler back yeah. in the day they've been running yeah, downhill. Really. they've been running downhill since the beginning of time basically i'm very worried about that game and that's why i'm saying 11 and 1 because i don't think they beat both ohio state and and Michigan. could be what well,
0: could be one or the other. They they lose to Ohio State, turnaround, home game, everything. Uh it's gonna be a big noon kickoff. We we expect that. Penn State, Michigan, Penn State could ultimately be Michigan. They can beat Michigan, even though that's gonna be the toughest game. They can beat Michigan. And I like I like that, that one's the home game. If I had to pick the two this season, like I said, Michigan is not – I don't look at them and I say, well, they're vulnerable. They got a, a clear-cut weakness. You return that dynamic duo in the backfield. You get your quarterback back. Jim Harbaugh does not go to the NFL. You retain your both your coordinators. I, it, for Ohio State, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, right, C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields, I, Devin, Devin Brown and Kyle are not them. They're not, they got a good Correct. running game. They got a good offensive. I like, I really respect Travion Henderson. He's been banged up. He's one of the best running backs in all of college football. Uh, So I, I want to see something, right? I, this is actually, I'll tell you what I think is the most likely situation is when it can, it's going to get in a tiebreaker, a, a tiebreaker scenario. And you're going to have to root for Ohio state or Michigan in that final game of the season, Penn state beats Ohio state, and then loses to Michigan. And then you have to root for Ohio state to beat Michigan in order for Penn state to be the big 10 East representative in the big 10 championship.
1: Oh, it's going to be like 2016 all over again. And I'm not thrilled about that. I guess the lone silver lining in that sense is if you remember, um, back in 2016, the Penn state and Michigan state was kicking off at 3:30, and yeah. Ohio state Michigan was at noon. I guess the silver lining in this case if Penn state wins on black Friday against Michigan state and finishes 11 and one. Yeah. They don't have to worry about playing a game afterwards or in the in the middle of Ohio state, Michigan. So you can at least sit back like, all right, we did our job. Now it's time for this last domino to fall. So you just kind of sit on the edge of your seat. You don't have to worry about your team playing and be like, all right, well this went in our favor. Now all we have to do is win. And then you lose. Then it's like, well, now what? Everything yep. sucks. But that's at least like the, the po- I guess, I, would, I don't know what I would call it. Positive, silver lining, whatever you want to call it, that you could at least watch the game on Black Friday, hope Penn State wins big or just wins in whatever fashion. Period. And then just watch the next day and hope for
0: the best yeah it'll definitely be a a telling time but 12 and 0 is a possibility i think 11 and 1 is most likely the case 10 and 2 10 and 2 is a lost season that you do not want to finish 10 and 2
1: 10 and and 2 would just be so disappointing that i'm usually in the parade that if you finish 10 and 2 or better in a season it's like hey you know nothing to hang your head about it's like yeah you want to win for you want to win a national title that's your be all end all goal but it's like if you mm. look at your team and know like okay this is not a national championship caliber team like last year's penn state team i was surprised when they won 11 games i was mm. over the moon happy but i think people need to understand too this is just a small tangent i think what people need to understand is that this 14 playoff system has broken sort of like yep. people's mindsets that yep. it's national championship or bust okay i understand that i really do but four teams out of the current, I think it's sixty-eight or sixty-nine Power Five teams now. Mm-hmm. What's that? That percentage when breaking down is ridiculous. Like, yes. come on. If you're saying that if you're winning ten or eleven games and you're getting left out of the playoff, and then you automatically turn on the switch that the program is broken, stop it. Seriously. And there's a fine line between being happy and being satisfied. Yep. Was I happy that Penn State went eleven and two last year? and won the Rose Bowl, yes, I was over-the-moon happy. But was I satisfied? No. And I don't think anybody will be. I won't be satisfied until I see them hoist the national championship trophy at some point later on down the road. That You can be happy with certain aspects, but you won't be truly satisfied until they win the big one. And until
0: then, I'm just going to
1: enjoy the ride.
0: Let's just put it into perspective. If Ohio State were to go 10-2 and and lose to Michigan and Penn State this upcoming season— uh, the Buckeyes would be calling for Ryan Day's head. Oh, 100%. That's, that's all all we have to say here. That's going to do it for another edition of Locked On and Nittany Lions. Thanks for checking this one out. Make sure you become an everyday or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And, Chris, where can people keep up with what you
1: do? You can keep up with me on Twitter, at ChrisHess22, right down below in the little graphic, which everybody did a fantastic job with that, I must say. <laughs> we talked about this off-air, but the new yeah.
0: display, whew, it's beautiful. I love it. Chris, appreciate the time and we're going to be talking again very soon. Oh, absolutely. I'll be ready for it. Thanks for having me on.